even out. I loved him. I didn't want to be without him. I mean, you can be upset with somebody and not agree and, you know, have fights about it and all that, but it's never been that serious where I ever thought about leaving or not wanting to be with him. I'm yeah, hoping you're about to say the same thing. I was thing. brought up, uh, I was raised by my grandparents. So, um, my grandfather told me, he said, uh, whenever you get married, you know, and uh, you get, you and your wife have disagreements or falling outs, he said, uh, it should stay within your own home. Mm -hmm. You know, it shouldn't be all over the neighborhood and, and everywhere else. So when we got married, first got married, I told her, I said, hey, if, if you get mad at me or we get upset, you know, you don't want me sleeping in the bed with you because you're mad. I'll sleep on the sofa. I'll go in the next room. You ain't going to your mom's, and I'm not running to my mom. Mm -hmm. We ain't running and telling them nothing that's happening in here because this is between you and me. Right. So and I really believe that real strongly. I think the whole concept of love, commitment, and marriage is not in its proper place today because I think a lot of females feel like love is butterflies in your stomach and looking perfect all the time and he's smelling good and you know he treating you you know like royalty all the time that's not reality but a lot of women and men I think and you can correct me if I'm wrong go into relationships with the wrong idea about what it comes with okay and and here's the thing that's different for us too it's not just a feeling when you love somebody it's a decision that you've chosen this person and you're going to be committed to this person and that there are going to be tests, trials, struggles. You're not going to always agree on the same thing. But today it just seems like the mind said, okay, this ain't working no more, I'm out. See, this is the thing. The problem I think with relationships today is people are too selfish. It's all about them. So I get ready to leave the house, he's got my glasses sitting on my purse. You see what I'm saying? He knew me and cared enough about what I needed my shortcomings, because I am very forgetful. So he gets ahead of that. And he says, she ain't gonna go with these glasses. Let me put them on a purse. She gotta take a purse with her. Those things are worth gold. And that's why 49 years later, technically 51 years later, you can say this is somebody that is a keeper for life. And that's how I sincerely feel. Oh, thank you, girl. You knew that. You knew that was still here. Welcome to Real Black Consciousness Forum Podcast. This is your brother VJ checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to shoot the bobo. We're going to talk about being in covenant. We're going to talk about that union. And beloved, we're going to respond to a comment that we received, you know, concerning the conversation that we had talking about marriage right because a brother reached out and he said something that was very real he said v he said you know what is the point of even getting married with so many people men and women being cheaters in relationship these days what is the whole he said you know beloved i don't see the purpose right so i'm like yeah that's a good question we can have a conversation about that because um let's talk about marriage Right, and let's talk about staying together. And I want to put this on the table first before we even go deep into the conversation. I want to say this, right? Um, black man, black woman, 
you are the original people of the planet earth right marriage is your culture that is your culture beloved that's your culture that's a part of the slice that comes with life that's your original culture as a man and woman that union that promise that covenant is a part of your culture right um you know one of the most important decisions that you're going to make in this world is made selection right that's just a selection process you got your own process it is what it is and we also understand and respect that everybody have their own non-negotiables right we get that as well i just want to say this though beloved marriage is your culture and i also want to say this most importantly beloved this is the most important statement i'm going to make and then we're going to have a real conversation beloved because dig this Black love still works. This is the response of the brother that said, why are we going to jump up and do this and do that? Because, you know, spouses and this is why, beloved, because black love still works, beloved. This is why it still works. And what we do not want to see is that people in their 20s throwing away their marriage. People in their 30s throwing away their marriage. People in their 40s throwing away their marriage. We don't want to see that. Ask anybody that visit us on Real Black Content is Foreign Podcast, beloved. They know we do not. No, we not no divorce. This ain't no divorce podcast. Nah. Nope. <laughs> Nah, go work it out. We do, you know, we rock with that that separation, though. We rock with the separation. If it's like y'all fighting and shit, y'all pulling guns on each other, stabbing each other, you know, that kind of like busting holes in the walls, the windows, and nah, we cool with um, separating once it becomes violent physically. You know what I mean? But most of the marriages that um, that end typically end behind finances. And infidelity, and we know that, um, you know, it's not really a financial thing with us because really black folks ain't got no money. It's infidelity, and infidelity, unfortunately, is part of black culture. So there is indeed a African proverb created by our African brothers and sisters that says, you do not shit in the well. Because you can't shit in your own well, you have to drink out of your own well. We, as black Americans, um, Black males in particular, we have created an activity where it's cool for us to shit in a well that we got to drink out of, which is i.e. the woman. You know what I mean? So you can't necessarily create a culture to tear the woman down and put her in your songs and dances and arts, you know, exploiting her, tearing her down, and then turn back around and point the finger at her when you act like you said that she act in the art. That ain't going to really work. You know what I mean? But let's have a conversation about marriage. Let's talk about marriage. We'll come back around and talk about that. Let's shoot the bobo. Let's talk about marriage. And beloved, I want to give you guys a West Side story if it's okay. Right? Because see, you know, when we have our conversations on Real Black Conscience Forum Podcast, beloved, all we can do is talk about two things. You know, we can tell our experiences 
or we can share experiences that we witness in the village. So once you are a witness of something, that is a very powerful act because you've seen it. You cannot unsee what you have already seen. We've seen that black love really works. So there's no way we're going to come on here and tell you to throw your relationship away. There's no way. Give it some time. You're just in your 20s. Give it some time. You're just in your 30s. I just got a phone call. Beloved, this is real spill. I just got a phone call with somebody that's having an issue in their marriage. And they, they ain't been married 24 months yet. I'm like, bro, that ain't even long enough to, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Let's just get real. But let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about it. I'm going to talk about a West Side story. I'm going to talk about black love because black love still works. Uh, Black forgiveness still works. Black grace still works. It still works. Um, Black man and black woman, I want to say this to you as well again before we go into the conversation. Marriage is your culture. It is your culture. It ain't something that just popping up. It's like, man, this is part of your culture. <laughs> Even like, you know, our people that's like real religious. We got a lot of religious folks in our camp, in our village. And I, I say that to them as well. I say this, right? I'm like, you know, whether it's the Quran or the Bible that you go by, or let's just say it this way, like any of the three major religions, we can make an argument or we can make a conversation that, you know, these religious or holy books are really about the relationship between God or between the designer and his people, which doubles as his wife. We can, we can make a conversation about that religion is really all about marriage. It's about the designer and his wife. Even if we go on Muslim verses or biblical verses or because there's like over 30 verses that talk about marriage between God and his people. I don't know. But maybe all that is a different story for a different day. We do know that marriage is the only solution to our problem in the wilderness of North America. That we do know. Because you didn't try everything else. You didn't check the list off already. You didn't You, you didn't got all of the check boxes full. So the only thing is now is your unity between the black man and the black woman. I'm going to take you back to the west side of Detroit. I'm going to talk about an OG. I rock with him. We speak from time to time this day. He's in his, uh, he's 55, right? He's in his mid-50s. He's a solid brother. You know what I'm saying? He's a solid brother, stand-up guy. He's from my neighborhood. And he's been married like 35 years now, right? And, um, you know, he got married back in the late 80s. And um, he married a a young, uh, at that time, he married a young lady from the neighborhood. And she was a somebody. So it's kind of like it's very typical. Two somebodies get married. He's a somebody. She's a somebody because she had the beauty and the body and the brains. And um, he's a fly dude. He's a fly dude. He already had money. Then he got a job at the plant. Right. So I want to paint a picture for you. 80s, 90s Detroit. You know what I'm saying? At that time, beloved, if you worked at the big three, that's what we call it. The big three. This is Chrysler Ford, the General Motors. You could crack 100 bands a year with no problem. Like you're just working at the plant because the UAW was that strong, man. The damn union is strong. So there was nothing for a black man to come out of high school and be at the plant. I want to say 
man, I don't know, three to five years, and he had bust six figures. This is the first time you see black males early twenties make a hundred and twenty thousand, and a hundred and forty thousand, and a hundred and sixty thousand. You seen it like it was nothing. You know what I'm saying? They up at the plant get money. We used to joke we call it dope money because these are the legal working guys that can kind of you know compete with the dope boys. You know what I mean? Probably a little further because they because they're legal. They can use their check money. They can apply for loans. They had credit. They could do all. They didn't have to worry about their doors being kicked in because they got the legal check. But they're six figures in. This is the city of Detroit, eighties and nineties, right? The OG that we have in the conversation about, he's one of them. He was one of the guys at the plant. Cracked their hundred bands back in those days. They get money, so the materialism is there. You know what I'm saying? Everything that should be there, it's there. Now, here's where the conversation get interesting because, see, again, being that he got married in the late 80s, you know, if you go back to those decades, 80s and 90s, there was no real science that we knew about crack cocaine because it, it wasn't enough history about it. We don't know. We didn't know the after effects that these or this substance had on the village. We didn't know it was going to make you zombies. We didn't know this part. You know, so OG old lady, you know, being that he's at the job, he had the, you know, the wife that um today I guess they would call him more like a trophy wife, right? Because again, she had the brain, she had the beauty, she had the body. Unfortunately though, she got caught up with other females from the neighborhood, which is easy to do. And she tried crack cocaine. Just hanging out, BSing, trying crack cocaine, because all we knew at that time was weed and we knew heroin, but nobody wanted to do the heroin or the blow. And so it was something new. Crack was something new. Well, she tried it, unfortunately. And the circle of females that she was with, they tried it as well. That drug turned his wife into a zombie. He never tried the drug. He's just a work, regular working guy, get money, traveling. That was just his thing. But she tried it. What that did, beloved, was um, it put their relationship obviously in a different space because, you know, I was watching a man because he's older than us. You know what I'm saying? He's he's in his teens. Pardon me. When we are in our teens, he's in his 20s. Like he's older. You know what I'm saying? And at this time, my position in the neighborhood was this. Um I was the young guy in the neighborhood that was the barber. You know how you get those hood barbers? You know what I'm talking about? I was the guy in the neighborhood that was the hood barber. I'm, I'm the west side hood barber. I'm going in everybody's house. They got guns and pit bulls around. I, I'm cutting the dope boy's head. I'm cutting the plant worker's head. I, I got my own little job at my uncle's bakery on Grand River. Like I'm that guy. I know everybody. I know the killers, I know the stick-up guys, I know everybody because I got the bag of clippers <laughs> with the trimmers, you know what I'm saying? And I'm cutting everybody in the hood head. That was me. I'm that teenager on the west side. So I knew everybody, and not only did I know everybody, I knew everybody's business. Not only that, on the sidebar, beloved, your brother VJ, I threw cold water on a lot of beefs because... I'm the young guy that can play the middleman because I know everybody because I'm the barber, right? But maybe all that is a different story for a different day. His old lady got caught on that shit. She became a zombie. The elders say she was chasing Jason, but beloved, black love still works. 
I'll witness the man, right? I'll witness the OG get off his job from work, get his children situated, and then he will have to go out from time to time and go find his woman and find his wife. She's out there in the streets. This is a fly dude making six figures. They have to come home and from time to time find his old lady because they were going these crack benches where they would just get how you can't find them and this is that nobody knew the science on this drug but this is what actually happened because you know this is a controlled substance this came out of a laboratory ain't no knuckleheads in the hood just went in the corner and came up with this this came from the devil strictly and straight with a one way ticket to our neighborhoods and it ravished and destroyed the inner character of our people in the neighborhood the fabric of that the decency that we had it took it out again beloved I watched a man get off a job a six figure job after working 10 12 plus hours and have to again get his own children situated and go find his wife now the way that this game kind of worked at that time was that it was a lot of young it was my generation that was a hustlers they was the real it was the teenage boys that's really pumping out there and really selling and getting the money right when you have beauty and brains in that game sometimes you don't need money these young boys that trick with you to get you high so he living in a dynamic we talking about the OG where he got to deal with young boys playing on his old lady so because she can get high and then not only that she got him where he got money so it's going to be harder to get her off because she, when you when she can't steal from you and go get high she kind of bad so she can just freak a little bit and get high and i watched the man go get his wife find in the streets and bring her back home and love on her so much he went to rehab after rehab and counseling session after counseling session he's trying to clean her up and i'm watching it but beloved black love still exists black love is real now he could have got to a point where she was so strung out he could have he's a six-figure guy he's a fly dude he could easily wrote her a certificate of divorce got rid of her and got another woman he just didn't do it for some reason he stayed with his own wife he stayed with his own old lady I can remember shooting a bobo with him right and you know how um, they had the old school method of checking for HIV and AIDS back in those days they had to hit you with the needle there was no swab they had hit you with the old school needle put the little cotton ball over your arm and put the little band-aid on you and when we used to shoot the bobo he had to like because uh, you always seen him on his arm he had the band-aid because he had to always go get tested to make sure he was straight and get his old lady straight because she would be out there in the street and he dealt with this behavior for him I want to say about 8 to 10 years I want to say now if you see them today because he, he's in his mid 50s he's been married 35 years old uh, pardon me he's been married for like 35 years he's still fly she's fly you would never know this backstory because this they passed this chapter right but they are a typical good looking couple in the mid 50s she's still bad she still got the brains and the beauty in the body he's still a fly get money dude 
now they kind of like getting more money because the big hustle in the city now is everybody got a group home. So they got group homes and they do so much. They got some nonprofits and they getting all kind of money. They taking always trips there in Jamaica. They going back and forth to Vegas. They just living their life. But if you was back in the West Side in those 80s and 90s, that wasn't his reality. But black love still works, beloved. Black love still works. All right. Now, I say all that to say this, right? He kept his wife. He gave his relationship enough time to bend the corner and come back around to where it's at today. If you seen him today, you would never know he had to deal out of his 35 years. This was eight to 10 years of he had to deal with. Now, I'm also going to say this on, on a side note. The young boys that were serving his wife and freaking with his wife, karma hit them. Because that's how this world works. Karma hit them. So it's kind of like, um, you know. Everybody that I can think of back on that west side that sold dope and sold crack cocaine, right? That ready rock that sold that to people's mom and dad and aunties and uncles and brothers and sisters, it eventually came back around where somebody was serving their mom and dad and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunties. So just like my partner, the OG had to go out and he had to go find his wife and bring her back home. There was niggas that had to go out and find their sister. There was niggas that had to go out and find their mama because it's it's all karma. It's a cycle, right? But black love still works. Black forgiveness still works. Now, the thing that I hear about on this podcast, the comments that I get, the emails that I get, man, my old lady did this, my old lady did that. My old man did this, my old man did that. Do you think I can plug y'all in with this OG? And you can tell them by your story. Because, I, it's, you know, we all know everybody got their own non-negotiables. But I can guarantee you, your story is not going to be like his. The only difference is, you're going to talk about a part of your story where you quit. You quit your union. Man, I gave in, I quit. I don't care what it, well, I don't care what it was. You tell me the story, you're gonna, it's going to end up in the part where you quit and you got a divorce. And he didn't. And it's just like the universe is so it like it's like such an amazing place. He is benefiting from going through it all. And he, now he's back. He went through because Big Mama and them always told us. Big Mama say trouble don't last always. Mama and them told us that. Mama, Mama didn't say when trouble come you bail out. <laughs> Mama didn't say that. Mama said trouble don't last always. When you come on Real Black Conscious Forum Podcast, beloved, this is why we don't talk about divorce. When we start talking about unions, we seen it. No, we ain't making no shit up. We seen it. No, black love works. Counseling works. Rehab works. We seen it. We were a witness. We seen it work. Do you think in these 80s and 90s that the OG had the only story, the only wife that was dealing with substance abuse? And she went out there and she bugged out and did some crazy things? Or don't you know that there's many wives that's listening that their husbands got stuck on that shit, as the elders would say, chasing Jason. And they went out there and did all kind of shit in that street to get high. But they still with them. 
what's your excuse come to the village and tell the elders what your old lady what your problem is come tell them come tell them when me and the OG talk now it's just like on some grown man shit we just talk catch up we talk about family um he always got some financial hustle because he get money. They, you know, you talk to a hustle. They always got you got all these hustles and this and that and all that. You know what I'm saying? So he be on a lot of that government nonprofit. That's the that's the move now. The government nonprofit thing. But we talk about family and what way we can put our children in the best position and this and that and the third, right? But we talking about marriage. I asked him, "Hey man, how did you do that when you did that back in the day?" How did you do it? You know what the OG told me? He said, well, I thought about divorcing her. He said, but um, I couldn't because everything that she got involved in, see, it happened on my watch. That happened on my watch. And then he said this. He said, listen, I couldn't give back this woman to her father in the worst condition that her father gave her to me. Boy, that was the most gangster shit I ever heard in my life. And that's why I say that on this podcast. That's where I got that from. That's where I got that from. Hey, if a woman did something or she's doing something, when did she start doing it? Because y'all went through a dating process, beloved. Y'all went through a dating process. And I always say, you know, it's not a real relationship till you ask about 300 to 500 questions. So she passed your vetting process. All right, now she's yours. Everything that you complain about, where is she do, is she doing it on your watch? Under underneath your instruction, your jurisdiction. Okay, you're going to divorce her in a worse state than she was when you when you found her. She's bad with finances now. When did she get bad on your watch? All right, so you're going to cut the ties with her and send her back out into the world in a worse state than she was before she met. Oh, you're going to get rid of her now because she's a cheater. I ain't get rid of it, bro. When did she start cheating? Five years later? When she started cheating? Double life fucking off? Because we kind of got a breakdown, but we're going to use the general term right now. When did she start? Five years later? Ten years later? Now you're going to get rid of her? She's in a worse state than she was when you found her. So what was the vows about? Because now I'm really confused. Well, what was the vows about then? Why didn't you say for better, for better when you was giving your vows? All we asking on Real Black Contents Forum, beloved, is that men be men. So what kind of vows did you say? Now, I'm in, I'm really interested now. What was the vows? Because I know you couldn't say it better for worse. Because she running out on the street with you. Oh, that's worse. When the OG had to live this back over 20-something odd years ago with his old lady in the street, that's the worst. But he stood up as a man. He said he going to be there for the worst. That's the worst. What you? What's your problem is over there, black man? What's your worst? Yeah, you know what, beloved? I do believe in premarital counseling. I believe that everybody should write their vows down. And during premarital counseling, y'all get a clear definition of what these vows is. So when she say for sickness, y'all have a get, get a good working definition of what y'all mean when y'all say for sickness and health. All right. The health part is obvious. What's the sickness part? What does this mean? For rich and for poor? Okay. What does this mean? I don't want to hear no black woman talking about some. He don't want to work no more. I don't want to hear none of that shit. I don't want to hear no black man talking about she don't want to work no more. All right, well, goddamn. Well, what kind of vows y'all be taking? Did you say uh, for rich or for poor? Well, what was your definition of poor? Like, what was it? 
for better or for worse, what was your definition of worse? Because some of y'all Negroes need to stop saying worse. Because <laughs> when the worst come, you don't want to be there for the worst. You want to get up out of there. They want everything perfect and Frenchy and Europeanized, all this romanticism and all this shit. This shit is interesting, beloved. Now, check this out. Man, when I was a young teen, right? When I was a young teen, I'm looking at the OG because he's he's in his 20s and we're in our teens. But I'm watching him. And I remember saying to myself, bro, I'm like, damn, man, if I can't love no woman that hard, I don't want to get married unless I can love her like that because that's different. That's way different. That's love, bro. Now, I can kind of tell this business a little bit because I ain't going to say his name. But I, I can say I can say this. All right. What kind of man would you be more willing to give your daughter away to? A man like you or a man like this? That you can, you stood up. The man came to your house, said he wanted your daughter. And everybody, the whole hood wanted your daughter because she bad. But you gave it to the, the the pretty boy that was getting money and he had a good rap. So you said, all right, I'm going to hand my daughter off to you. Like you like you a hardworking guy. You blase, blase, all right, cool. So this father jumps up and he hands the OG off his daughter. His daughter fall into this situation where she fell off that horse. She fell off that wagon. That dude could have cut her off. He didn't. He stayed working with your daughter to get her back to what she have always been. Now, I'm going to tell you this part of the business. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to tell you this part. When his father-in-law died. He got, cause shorty got other brothers and sisters and siblings and shit like that. Don't you know he left that policy to his son-in-law that stayed with his daughter? He left that big ass policy to him. That's how they took the bread from later. He already got money. This how they started getting on these group homes and businesses and shit. Cause, but I seen this is how black love works. I seen it. All right, your brother VJ got a podcast. What you think I'm going to get up here and talk about when we start talking about relationships? Because, you know, this OG, he ain't got the only story like this. Man, there's hundreds of stories like this. So what do you think I'm going to talk about? Remember old lady came back from the club and she did the nest. I'm going to leave. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> you can't get some counseling and you can't work with her to build her back up to the way you found her. Build the woman back up to the way you found her. You can't at least do that. There is there, there is a lack of because it's okay, black man. I'm gonna say this: it's okay to be in love with your wife unconditionally, brother. That's not a crime. We we see too much conditional love. Damn, can anybody love the old lady unconditionally? Well, she gonna make the mistakes and, and you still work her back up to get her where you know her greatness can be at? Because black women been doing that with us forever. We criticize black women for doing that. Oh, you always trying to change a man. Stop trying to change a man. I'm telling black women, don't you ever give up on that black man trying to change him. If you see him being greater, keep working at him and on him till he become great. If you think you can change him, you stepping up for that task, you make those vows, go change him. Go work on the brother, go change him. But then when it comes for the brother, he don't want to work on his old lady. 
So the Africans say they got a problem. They say, well, you can't shit in the well that you drink out of. You can't make it in your if you're not going to build up the black woman, you can't create in your culture where it's cool to tear her down. Now, get rid of all the thought songs, all the chicken head songs. Get rid of all that shit because you can't tear it down if you're not going to build her up. Just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. Don't put no kids on her. You're not going to marry her. She's a thought. She's this. She ain't worth. And she's not worthy of being a wife. Why y'all niggas got so many kids then? The seed is in your, it, the seed in your dick. She can't steal that seed out. It's in your dick. You are impregnating these thoughts and these buckethead. And you're not marrying them. And you're creating a single parent epidemic. And you're going to keep your own people at the bottom. Because you shitting in the water that you got to come back and drink out of. And if they she if she's not good enough to be a wife, why are you making a mother's? I'm confused. We're all confused on that. The whole world is confused on that. So now we're gonna always talk about marriage because we know marriage is our culture. Y'all didn't went through all the checklists, all the religions in the East. Y'all tried them all. Oh, we'll just be married. Let's just try that. Let's try that unity. Let's see how that works. Let's see how that works. Do we know it work already? Of course we do. This is how come the East Indian can come right in here and pass your ass up. We see it. We know he come right in here, pass you up. The Japanese come right in here and pass your ass up. The Chinese come right in here, build a whole Chinatown, pass your ass up because they believe in the institution of marriage. The Arab come right up in this motherfucker, pass your ass up. They all come with their family. You run around here with baby mamas. No, that shit ain't gonna work. Don't you know that everybody... Is dealing with the same thing with women. You think you're special. Don't you know everybody dealing with the same thing? They handle it different than you. You're looking for the perfect woman. The perfect woman. These other coaches understand they got to build each other up. Not us. Not us. We'll figure it out one day. We'll figure it out. (laughs) We'll figure it out one day, beloved, because you know. Nah, we ain't. Nah, man. We seen. We know black love work, bro. We ain't finna play that game with y'all over here. There's a lot of black men, beloved, that got that story. They stood with the old lady. They build her up, and now they riding off into the sunset because of it. Yeah, man. It's a lot of black women that dealt with a lot of shit during their marriage. Outside kids, everything. They stayed. So you want to hear us talk about anything other than staying? If you ain't figured it out yet, we don't divvy, we we're not going to deviate uh farther from what Big Mom and Daddy them said. If you ain't figured that out yet about this podcast, we don't do that. We ain't gonna tell you nothing that Daddy and Mom and them ain't already told you. Don't you see that? That's the spirit of this. You can see this whole platform operate underneath that spirit. That's how come we can connect with people the way we do. Because we're not saying nothing different than what mama said. We ain't going to never tell you nothing different than what daddy and them said. We ain't going to never tell you nothing different. I don't know what village that you come from. In our village, we ain't jumping up telling nobody to leave there. We don't do that. That's the devil. The devil always jump up and he going to leave his and get a younger one and leave that one and get a younger one. And No, bro, we don't do the Trumpism over here. We like Trump, but we don't do Trumpism. <laughs> we seen, hey, I come from a line that um, I man, my grandfather was married sixty-seven years. 
My great grandfather was married 67 years, beloved. That's my bloodline. My big mom was married over 50 years. That's my bloodline I come from. I, I go even deeper with you, beloved. Um, my last six generation fathers are all married with the exception of my pops. My pops is the only one that's not. He didn't. But I will say this. I give him credit for this because when it came to us, like, you know, my brothers and sisters, when he spoke to us, he would say, uh, when you, he started sentences off by saying, when you get you a family, do such and such and such. When you get you a family, do such and such and such. When you get you a family. So, okay. Not only that, all of my aunties and uncles are married. And all of my first cousins are married. All of us. When I say all, I mean A-L-L. All of us that have children, we are all married to our children's mother or children's father. It's in our culture as a family. You want to you wanna be able to hand something down, hand them down the institution of marriage. That's what you want to hand them down. Quitting. We don't know no quitting over here. No, man. It's uh-uh. <laughs> Come tell you something. When you give it your all, I'm going to tell you a man that's married, they go, when he give it your all, he you know what you say? Well, I never do this shit no more. <laughs> You know, <laughs> hey, if somebody that's gonna do it again, they got a breaking point. They got their non-negotiables already lined up. It's a breaking point. It's a breaking point. I wouldn't do this if I had a breaking point. I wouldn't do this. Is the wrong game to have a breaking point? You know, but my little cousin asked me. He said, uh, "I'm chopping it up." He said, "You know, V." He said, "How do you know when you found the one?" My little cousin asked me that. You know, man, how you know, V? How you know when you found the one? I said, how you know? I said, I said, tell you what. I said, I want you to get a, a pen and some paper. And I wanted you to sit at the table. And I want to. I want you to write down everything this woman could do in your union. And I won't only want you to write down the part, the things that you would leave her over. I said, I want you to write it down. I said, if you got anything on that paper, don't get married. Cause daddy and them already told us these women liable to do anything. So if you got anything on that paper, don't do it. But if you got, if you writing something down, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Just keep courting and dating the woman until everything on that paper disappears to nothing. Boom. Then go do it. Now you're ready. But until then, you're not ready. But ultimately, beloved, we're telling you because we have already seen it that black love still works. Do not let anybody tell you different. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out. This is the Real Black Contents Forum Podcast. Beloved, your brother VJ, man. I'm going to get it with you guys later. Peace.
Thanks for viewing the podcast. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the channel on all social media platforms. Real Black Consciousness Real Forum. Black Consciousness Real Black Forum. Consciousness Forum. And we out this piece.